Tonight, we move on to part two of our new series where we give you our top 24 at the running back position. It is time to get average. What is going on, guys? We are the Average Bros Fantasy Show, your one-stop shop for average advice, brought to you by Football Darts and Fantasy Sports Alliance. As always, I am joined by my below-average brother, Kevin. Kevin, how are you doing on this lovely evening? I am doing just about average tonight. Got my uh, list already. Didn't forget anybody this time. At least uh, at the time of going live, anyway. Yeah. Fixed it there. Thanks to Damien. Yeah, you were uh, not as lazy as I was, where I just kind of stuck my quarterbacks at the bottom of the list that I forgot about. But I fixed it. We got through the show. And uh, now everybody can start making fun of you. Correct. But as always, before we get into our show, we would like to thank our broadcast sponsor, Football Darts. Football darts is a dart game that combines the skills of traditional darts with the strategies of American football. This innovative dart game is played on a uniquely designed multiple target dartboard. It can be played in sports bars, at tailgate events, as league tournaments, or as a leisure activity in the comfort of your own home. If you would like to check out their officially licensed collegiate dartboards, go to footballdarts.com. And make sure you guys use code IPLAYFSA at checkout to get yourself 30% off and get yourself some above average dartboards. And if you like the show, please like, share, and subscribe to the show and follow us on all of our social media outlets you see here at the bottom of the screen, as well as check out our website, fsa-fr.com. And of course, please head on over and check out Brad, Josh, and Eric on the Empty Wagon show saturday morning at midnight eastern standard time now for anybody who lives under under a rock and has not uh wasn't able to catch the average bros last week we went through the quarterback position um where we gave you our top 24 for the qb position in a redraft league um so there was no dynasty aspects that came into play there uh, as well as not only was it just Kevin and I last week, we actually invited uh, a special guest, which last week we had Brett online with us, which he, here he is now. He chimes in and said he's still mad at you about forgetting players off your list. Well, that is in the past and the future. The present is that you forgot about uh, Joe Mixon, uh, but you did add him. We're not going to talk list. about that. <laughs> So this week, we move on to the running back position um, alongside moving on to a new special guest, which because of the history that these two people have, I will hand it over to Kevin to introduce our special guest for tonight. Yes, tonight we have on Chucks Moranin of A2D Radio, the running back whisperer, if you will, uh, all things running back uh, over there. Uh, good friend of mine, uh, former co-host of uh, Birds of a Feather. Uh, Chucks, how are you doing tonight? 
What's going on, guys? Thank you so much for having me on. It's it's an honor and a privilege, so I, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, Thank thanks you for, uh, for being on. Now, for those of uh, of our viewers that don't know, um, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself and where they can find your work. Absolutely. Um, so you can find me all over social media. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, the whole nine. Uh, my username on all of them are, is Chucks Moranin. That's C-H-U-X-M-A-R-A-N-A-N. As Kevin alluded to, I'm part of A2D Radio, which is a Philly-based internet sports radio company. But we don't just cover Philly sports. We cover all national news, too, and so many other sports, from the four majors to wrestling and combat sports and even gambling. We have a multitude of different shows that are on weekly. And I'm the co-host of Birds of a Feather, which is on every Thursday night. It's an Eagles and NFL-based show. And we do a fantasy show every, every year, to be uh, uh, also. Um, for the company, I am also a content creator. I write weekly articles for ATD's website, and I create weekly film breakdown videos for ATD's social media pages. All of my content can be seen on both ATD's and my socials. And as Kevin said, also, I specialize in running back evaluations and breakdowns, but I still cover as much of football in general, overall, X's and O's and all of that, as much as I can. So, again, you can find me at C-H-U-X-M-A-R-A-N-A-N. So without further ado, let's get into our lists, gentlemen. Uh We'll kick it to Chucks first. We'll start uh, just as we did last week down at 24 and work our way up to the top where all of us will have um, a Patriots running back, I assume, uh, <laughs> Dan Vitale. If only you were that You're lucky. still doing this, Chuck? <laughs> he, he retired. Oh, my God. You're still I, I can't put him up there. He retired. Well, Chucks, yeah. who do you got? At the bottom of your list. All right, so um, I guess it's it's a little nerve wracking kicking it off, but you know, I I like I told you guys uh, before the show, um, I I break my my rankings into tiers so that people you know like what separates each 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 group of running backs, and honestly, the running backs within each tier are to me evenly ranked, but for the purposes of the show, I did you know I didn't want to be the uh, the odd guy out, so I did number my guys. Um, so if I'm going to start with 24, 24, 23, and 22, I have evenly ranked. But at 24, I do have Darrell Henderson. Okay. And who do you have at 23 and 22? 23 and 22, I have Raheem Mostert and Trey Sermon. Okay. Josh, how about your 24 through 22? And then we'll uh... – <laughs> Okay. So uh, I have a quick question. Darrell Henderson, he's with Miami now, correct? No, isn't isn't he the Rams running back? Yeah, he's the right. Yeah, who is he's, the one? Uh, that, who is the one that went to Miami then from the Rams? I could have swore. I could have swore there was a there was the a running back that went. There was a running back that went to Miami last year from San Fran, Matt Breida, but he's not. He's no longer yeah. in Miami either. Okay, yeah, yeah, it wasn't him. Okay, then I yeah. must have. Thought that Darrell yeah. Henderson went to Miami. Yeah, uh, Henderson <laughs> is Cam Akers' replacement. Yeah. However, for me at uh, twenty-four, oh Malcolm Brown. Yeah, we have Brett and 
Damien, not the, the other Damien. Yeah, the other Damien. The Damien that we actually like. Um, <laughs> that helps us out. And it, I, I could have swore there was one that went to Miami. Um, but at 24 to 22, uh, well, at the, at the bottom of it, I was torn between uh, Rojo, Edmonds, or Gaskins. But I actually put Gaskins at the bottom. And then going up, I have CEH and then J.K. Dobbins. Okay. So for me, I went 24, uh, Eckler, Swift at 23, and CEH at 22. And uh, just to let the cat out of the bag early, there is no uh, San Fran running back on my list. I know that you had put one there for yours, Chucks. I just, I have no, I, I wouldn't say faith, but I have no confidence in ranking any of them just because, A, you don't know, uh, you know who's going to play when, the, what the loaded carry is going to be when it kicks off. If they're, if they're all healthy, and um, I believe they have, what, Wilson, too, who's out, but not all the season, mm -hmm. could come back in the mix. So I had a tough time picking one that was going to be uh, a good enough standout to make my list. So I do want to get your thoughts on those guys. So, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a good argument to make because with, with San Fran and Kyle and his scheme, he's, he's so used to just um, – He's so used to just taking mild or, or solid talents and making them look better than what they are. Like, I mean, Raheem Mostert in, in a vacuum, he's not a great talent, but he's, he fits that system perfectly. And so statistic-wise, statistics -wise, he's going to produce. Um, and that's why he's been so highly ranked for fantasy purposes. But with me, I think it's different this year because – with Trey Sermon, and it's more so Trey Sermon and me banking on Raheem Mostert wanting to, because he's in a contract here, he's going to want to really show what he can do. And to me, it's those two guys and everyone else. I mean, you, Eliza Mitchell, you said Jeff Wilson. I mean, I know they have, they brought in um, the guy from the Giants, Gallman. They also drafted, yep. I mean, they still have Jamichael Hasty from last year. Those are Those are solid guys, but they're just a bunch of guys that are behind these two. And Kyle Shanahan traded up and drafted in the third round Trey Sermon. That's not anything to scoff at or to ignore. Kyle Shanahan doesn't really do that kind of stuff. And so when he wants to trade up for someone, you really know that he has them highly regarded. Now going into the season, he is going to be behind Mostert, but that team is such a dominant run team that I honestly believe Trey Sermon is going to be able to have have the ability to etch some kind of role. I mean, like, I know that I have him all the way down 22, so it's not like I have him really ranked that high. But right. once you get past, like, a bunch of the bell cows that are very talented, I can't put him behind some of these, these, these other guys who might be the bell cow but aren't as talented because I think – Trey Sermon in that system, that zone run system, is an absolute perfect match. And he's going to he's I think he's gonna take the goal line carries. And I think he's going to produce a, a decent amount. So I think he's, you know, for all those reasons, that's why I have him at 22. And you know, just for reference, I do have him ahead of guys like Gaskin and and Edmonds and um 
uh, who else? Melvin Gordon, James Robinson, Devontae Williams, Travis Etienne. I have him ranked higher than all of them because I don't think Gaskin's that great of a talent. And I think Miami is, you know, Josh, you mentioned Miami. You thought you thought a run back went to Miami. It seems like all the the no name running backs have gone to Miami in the past season. They collect running backs that aren't that talented, and they just kind of want to see which one will will flourish. And Gaskin's a solid talent, but I don't think he's anything special. So I can't rank him ahead of Trey Sermon. Yeah, it is interesting that you've had those guys there because people, you know, especially in the fantasy realm, right? Everyone's afraid of a committee. Nobody wants a committee type back, but nobody realizes that San Fran is a committee on steroids, that it's just like taking two or three receivers from a pass heavy team you know, you would draft all three of Tampa's receivers, no problem, real early. But when you talk about San Fran, their running backs are the same way, just because you know, you got to remember they won a playoff game last year and only threw the ball eight times. Yeah, two years ago. The, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, two yeah. years ago. Yeah. So, you know, that's a team that's definitely run heavy. You know, so it, it's worth noting at least the, the two top guys like you mentioned. So, Josh, who do you have at uh, 21? At 21, I have Mike Davis. Um, just came over from Carolina, so staying within the division. And uh, I think he did pretty solid enough with Carolina in place of uh, McCaffrey to where he can make an impact for Atlanta. Um, but just the reason that he's so low – uh, on my list, or even that he uh, he almost didn't make the list, is just because I just think that Atlanta is going to have the same defense as last season where they're constantly playing from behind and they have to throw the ball. So they're not really going to – they're probably going to run it, you know, slim to none. Yeah, I, I agree. I like Mike Davis a lot. I think that he stepped in well, but I think Carolina gave him the opportunity to do so. Uh, Atlanta is definitely a pass first team anyway. You look at the talent uh, out of the running back room that they have brought in trying to find a back and it hasn't really worked out just because they haven't, they don't know how to really use them right. And they haven't in a, in a little while. So um, I think he would do well as far as on field goes, maybe a stat line, but, and help that team win just not enough fantasy production to be an RB two. I like Mike Davis. I did a um, – I've always liked Mike Davis, actually. Like, I, I felt like he's always been an underrated running back. And, you know, it's nice to see him finally get uh, the opportunity to be the lead guy. And I think he's going to be solid. I think he's going to be good. Uh, I have him pretty much right below, um, you know, right below the 24 spot with a bunch of other guys I, I did mention already. So I I couldn't put him above Darrell Henderson, but I do – I do like Mike Davis a lot. I think he's an underrated talent, has been for years. You know, he's a big, powerful guy, good pass catcher. So I think he's going to do a good job in Atlanta. At 21 for myself, I have a, another pass catcher type that I think that will produce, especially given the uh, new scenario that uh, they've kind of created in that team, and that's uh, ETN for uh, Jacksonville. 
I think that the switching him to play wide out a little bit helps him out, especially in a PPR type league. I think that he'll get enough of those, say, your you know, first and second down reps where he can be a little bit more elusive, get outside a little bit, you know, your um, outside pitches, stuff like that, enough to stay relevant. And then obviously finding the end zone through the air helps him out. Yeah, I, it's very interesting you talk about ETN. Like everyone, you know, was like, I remember weeks ago or months ago now, everyone was up in arms about him, you know, getting reps at wide receiver. I thought it was a great thing because I do think he has that ability to or the potential to maybe develop into that role that Alvin Kamara kind of has where, you know, he doesn't take like 20, 25 touches. He doesn't get 20, 25 carries a game, but – He'll get like 10 to 15 and then mix in a bunch of catches, you know, and I think he's going to compliment James Robinson really well. So I, I, I like that ranking at 21. I think it's, it's very fair. Um, Sorry. Go ahead. I didn't know if you were going to go. No, go ahead. Who do you got yeah, at 21? Am I 21? I have a guy who I've never really been that high on because of his lack of versatility, lack of durability and fumbling issues, but I couldn't drop him lower than this because if he's healthy and he's playing, he is going to be the main guy. And he's very one of the more powerful runners in the league. And it's Chris Carson. Um, you know, I, I couldn't, I just couldn't have him lower than some of the other guys that are below him or splitting time, like you said. So like with him being the main guy in Seattle, it's, it's, it's more of like a, he's kind of has to be there by default, but I like his running side. He's going to get a bunch of goal line carries, He's a he's a good runner, good power runner, and um, I think he's. Let's hope he can stay healthy. He hasn't been healthy. Let's hope he can uh, stay healthy and uh, and not cough up the ball as much as he's been known to. Yeah, I I have him ranked as well a little bit higher, but I have him in my what I would consider the question mark category, where there's a ton of guys that do have a ton uh, a big upside. Like you said, he doesn't really split time. So he's, you know, their bell cow, but they pass the ball so much and the Seahawks are very, very streaky, uh, not even considering the injury issues that he's had in the past. But just because they're so streaky, you never know when it's going to be, you know, 40 points a game and Russ is cooking and the run game's working or everything is shut down. It's like it's all or nothing with those guys. So, um, you know, I, I don't mind uh, seeing him here at uh, 21. I think that's. Uh, a fair assessment. Mm-hmm. And Brett chimes in with us and says, running backs have missed more games due to injury than Chris Carson since 2018. Is Chris McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Saquon, Austin Eckler, and Joe Mixon. What's that? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that, uh, I mean, that's a fair assessment, but the, the issue is the games that he does play, it's not... Chris McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, or Saquon type games where you're in a run-heavy team to make up for the games you miss as a fantasy perspective. When he's in, it you're only looking at a you know 10 to 15, maybe 16 point average versus all of those guys are, are in the 20s, 19, 20, 22s, with the exception of Eckler. Yeah, with yeah, with the exception of Eckler, who almost got booted from my list. 
refuse but to get behind him. We're 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 doing PPR though, right? Full PPR for yeah. Back. Okay. Yeah. All right. Just just making sure. <laughs> um, Josh, who do you have at twenty-one? I already Joyce. said I had Mike Davis. All right. How about twenty? At twenty, I have DeAndre Swift. I just, I don't know. I just think that regardless of, you know, having other running backs there last season and then, I mean, the running backs that were there last season, they were injured anyways. So, you know, I just don't think that he's going to produce as much as you would want him to. And I believe they did bring in another running back as well. If MFL isn't playing with my emotions here and they did bring in Jamal Williams um, yeah. So that's just another running back to, you know, eat at his workload. And I believe is unlike carry on Johnson and can actually stay healthy throughout the season. Well, carry on can't stay healthy either. So, or if that's who you're referring well, to, that's what I was saying. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm yeah. saying Jamal can carry on can't. Yeah. Last year in FSA standings, he was uh, 19th overall. Uh, 189 points, only a 14-point average because he only missed uh, two games and just had low scoring, as you mentioned, with the timeshare. So this is a guy that a lot of people are high on because he has the talent. It's just on a team that doesn't know how to use him properly. Well, that's I mean, the thing. Yeah, I mean, with Swift, like I know a lot of people are high on him. And, you know, to, to Josh, to your point, I've – I, I was questioning that too, but all the reports that I hear out of Detroit are that he is the guy, and like Jamal Williams is there just to spell him. So I mean, and, and I do believe him. And uh, having Deuce Staley there as the new running backs coach, Deuce Staley has done wonders in Philly with the running backs in terms of, develop, in terms of development. So I think he's going to get the most out of Swift. At the same time, like with Swift. I I can't put him in the same tier like him Carson and then my other two guys I have in in my in the same tier and tier they're my fourth tier I don't I can't put Swift in the same tier as as some of the other guys that are from his draft class though and you'll see where I have them ranked but they are ranked higher than him and that's because I think Swift really struggled with with pass catching more than people are alluded to like he's he has some faults in his pass catching, his route running, his hands, and he's not as dynamic of an athlete as some of the other guys. And so, like, in terms of pure talent, I don't have him on par with some of his, his classmates from last year's draft. And and so that's why I had to bump him down. But I do think uh, he is one of the last people you can feel confident in that will that are that's gonna get like a, a lead ball carrier workload. I just we'll see how 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 good he produces with that with that workload. Yeah, so I, I will say uh, two things here. Uh, one that um, I think if Swift was going to meet or exceed expectations from coming into the league, it would have been last year. He was given every opportunity to with carry on being down and out. Um, and then being depleted pretty much elsewhere, uh, receiver-wise. I mean, Marvin Jones was your number one guy. Nothing to really bring home 
about. So I think he would have stepped up last year. Um, but Brett earlier mentioned that CEH is your Hertz this week, uh, as in guys that we kind of forgot about uh, last year in FSA's points. Uh, CEH finished 21st, two spots behind Swift. So worse off than where we're at what, now. Real quick, Kev, what list are you looking at? Um, total points for all players last year, regular season, top 24 of 2020. Cause I, cause on my, the list that I have, he's 20, he finished 22nd. Who? CEH. Maybe there was a, I mean, it's one spot up. I would have to take a look at it. All right. Yeah. And pretty much the whole reason I had CEH at, 23 it wasn't because i forgot him i just think that there's way too much competition in kansas city um for him to go any higher than that i mean they're a pass first team and like i said when you have tyreek hill mccall hardman now travis kelsey everybody else all around him it's just going to be hard for them to give any type of looks to clyde Brad asks if we see uh, Swift getting an increase in value with golf there. Uh, I don't really. I I think that to me, golf and Stafford are very similar in talent and approach. That it was kind of just a new environment swapping the two. Um, I don't I don't see golf bringing any value to Swift. You know, out of the backfield wise, I mean, it, he's got less of an arm, so you're going to see less big plays, which could lead to more checkdown type stuff. But Swift, as you mentioned, isn't that guy. Uh, but I don't think it's that much more than what Stafford brought him. So I wouldn't say I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say that it's golf that's going to give Swift an increase. I just think that it's you know the loss of Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay that would give. Swift, any type of increase in value. So my 20 is where I have uh, Miles Gaskin. Ty. I, I think um, not missing any time. I, I believe he missed, what, four games last year where Ahmed stepped in. I think another season um, with the you know, or I should say a full season with Tua and the Tua offense versus the early season Fats Magic offense that they ran uh, might benefit from them a little bit. Uh, so I have high hopes, and so do my dynasty teams. But <laughs> I digress. <laughs> See, I gave up on my, my dynasty teams. Well, that's because everyone got hurt for you, so we're not even going to yeah. ask you about that sad song. Wentz is out. Cousins is on the COVID list. James Robinson now has Etienne to battle with. It's not going to be a good season. All right. That brings us to what, 19, Josh? Well, I, didn't, I didn't say my 20. Oh. I was just, yeah, I was um, just about to say 20. that. Yeah. <laughs> um, for, for what it's worth, DeAndre Swift, I had at 19. Um, so I didn't have okay. him far from you, Josh. So we have just about like the same thing. Um, and it's interesting that you have – you're coming in from a, a similar perspective from me that like 
it's you're you're more skeptical. That's why we have him lower than everyone else. So it's 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 nice to know that I'm not the only one. Um, but at twenty, at twenty, I have David Montgomery. Um, I have, again, really, same, yeah, Ooh. yeah. <laughs> Montgomery, this I guess low as you can say. Um, he's in my fourth tier. I, I think with Montgomery, what I would have had him higher, but. I did look at his four-game stretch last year where he did produce at a high level, and they were all against bad defenses. And then when he went – when when he started facing good defenses again, he's kind of, his production kind of dipped again. And, you know, looking at his film, he's always been someone that has kind of struggled with footwork down the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, in terms of having the right spacing uh, when making his cuts behind the line and and being more efficient and less dramatic. He, he's someone who likes to make emphatic and big movements when he doesn't have to. And he's improved in that area, but I haven't seen enough. But I do like his skills. And and so I, I hope that me putting him here at 20 is – is kind of like motivation for him to get, you know, to be to outproduce that ranking. But I'm looking at the other guys that I have ranked ahead of him, and at the same time, I feel confident because I like a lot of the other guys, especially in PPR. Considering that Terry Cohen is coming back, and Nagy really hasn't been a great offensive schemer since his first year. He's kind of gone downhill in that regard. I, I, I feel confident in terms of preseason rankings to have him at 20. Now, having Justin Fields in there could could help him a lot. But it all de- that depends on how Justin Fields progresses. We don't know how, how ready Justin Fields will be. He's going to be the guy from the get-go. Um, how ready is he? So, you know, and you guys have a PPR. You guys, PPR scoring. If it wasn't PPR scoring, he'd be higher. But – and PPR scoring, I'm looking at some of these other guys, and I'm like, yeah, I can't put Montgomery above this these guys. So I have him at 20. Okay, Chris does mention that Montgomery also has to contend with Cohen, uh, where Cohen was out, I believe, all of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says that uh, being a, a running quarterback may um, hurt him once Dalton comes out because then you have the, say – uh, Josh Allen effect type to where it's not on on running downs you might just do an RPO to where you look to your first read and then just take off, which he quite possibly could do versus a designed run. Uh, Josh, do you have a nineteen? At nineteen, I have Melvin Gordon. Um. I don't even know. I don't even know what I was going to say about <laughs> I completely yeah, threw a blank. For, that is the reason why I have him not on my list at all. I he, think the past two years, having the injuries and losing momentum, I would say, to other more lackluster backs, especially I, they drafted a, a running back to come in there. I think the rookie ends up winning the job. I don't think that we see Melvin Gordon, Melvin Gordon of the past, return. I don't. 
necessarily see the rookie taking over. I mean, I pretty much just have him slated to just put up the same amount of points that he did this season, probably regress a little bit if the uh, rookie does uh, take a little play play time away from him. Um, but the other reason is just with all the other running backs returning from injuries and having teammates come back from injuries, which apparently affects their performance. Uh, that's just why I have him dropping down from 14, which is where he finished last season, all the way down to 19 this season. Yeah, at uh, 19 is where I have Miles Sanders, uh, another committee-type guy. Big question mark for me, which is why I have him lower, although I do like his uh, ability. I think if all of the running backs are healthy there, it's going to make a really tough time to decide who is going to be the true RB1, although it should be Miles. Um, if Carrion is healthy, he could go off, and you got um, uh, Kenny Gainwell there, and then uh, one other that they brought back. I'm blanking on um, Jordan Howard. Yeah, Jordan Howard. So, and and Boston Scott, who is probably going to be more of a returner if they don't cut anybody. So, so you have him in 19. Um, yeah. that's not a that's not a bad ranking. I don't have him. You'll see where I have him, right? I don't have him that far off. Um, so I think it's fair, but I think, okay. There are a lot of fantasy people that are, that share your, your skepticism and are like, Oh, he's, he's just going to be a committee back. I I'm telling you right now from, from being a Philly fan, he's not, this is not a committee. This is miles as the guy. And a lot of his struggles last year. Yeah. He had, he struggled with with drops, but he ran the ball very, very well. The reason why he only had 800 yards rushing is because he had a different lineup in his starting offensive line every single week. There was a new lineup, a new starting five every single week. It was that banged up. And he did. He progressed well and developed well as a runner in terms of vision, decision-making, running hard. And he is poised to have a big year. And I think – People outside of Philadelphia who don't realize the pulse of the team, they're very high on Miles, and Miles is the guy. Uh, you talk about Gainwell. He's going to be the Naheem Hines of the Philadelphia Eagles, and Naheem Hines strictly was a receiver, and that's what Gainwell is going to be. Carry on, uh, whether it be carry on or Jordan Howard, they're going to get some reps, but they're not going to get the majority of reps. You're talking about We talked about carry on before. He couldn't stay healthy. Talking about Jordan Howard, who was miscast in Miami, was let go, and you, because he was he all he did was the was goal line carries. So you're not you're talking about a stable of guys that they're not going to threaten Miles Sanders talent wise. He is he's going to be the guy. Now is Miles going to be like a 25 carry guy? No, he's not. You know I mentioned Etn having sort of like a Camara role, and that's what I see for Miles. I think he's going to get around 15 carries a game and then get a bunch of uh, receptions too. But I think his big playability is too – he led the league or was or was tied with, with someone. Um, I forget what it was, but this guy was he led the league in in 40-plus um, in yard runs. 
and that's with a horrible offensive line. Now imagine if the yeah. offensive line stays healthy and what he can do with that with a better coach that knows how to use him other than Doug Peterson. So, I mean, the 19 is fair, but I think he also has more upside than than you or a lot of fantasy heads are giving him credit for. So I, th- I think that you know that he that needs to be spoken for is that this is not a committee in Philly. It's Miles Sanders and everyone else. Yeah, I think that Philly falls into the same um, same group in the fantasy realm as people see San Fran, especially with uh, less on the injury side with Philly, more on the coaching side for them because it it, it is a new staff, it is a new you know OC, and they're they're doing a little bit of different things with the run game coordinator than they did last year. Um, but I think that's where people you know, put that big committee, right? Because they've got five or six guys who could potentially all make the team out of the backfield. But essentially, like you said, it is it is a one-man show as far as the lead reps. You don't see that changing game to game, which I believe is quite possible, especially if Miles does what he does and, you know, performs and has not moved all over like last year and, you know, basically asked to do what he doesn't do every game. So um, I could see him moving up, but I, I see 19 is more of a floor spot for him. And that's fair. Yeah. Like I said, 19 is a fair ranking. Yeah. Um, I just seen too many people think that he doesn't have much upside, which I, I, I definitely disagree with. Who do you have at 18? Uh, me Chuck. or yeah. uh, me? Yeah, okay, so Go yeah, ahead. I already said by 19. Uh, 18, and this might surprise people, but I really had to think about it. But 18, I do have Kareem Hunt. And I know that he is behind Nick Chubb. But Cleveland is a run-first team, and Kareem Hunt has a role. And, you know, uh, talent-wise, I always made the argument that Kareem Hunt never stopped being an elite talent. He just started playing with another elite talent in Nick Chubb. And so Kareem Hunt is a better all-around running back than Nick Chubb, and he is the guy they look to when they need, you know, a running back to be used in the passing game, user pass protection. And so I I know that his upside isn't that high because he's always going to be playing with Chubb, but I also think that his floor is really high because he's always going to have that role, and he ha- he's a, an immense – immense talent at the running back position that even with semi-limited touches, he's going to make the most out of them. And again, Cleveland's a run first team. They're going to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. So there, there are, there are more than enough carries to go around in Cleveland between Chubb and Hunt. And if you take a look at where they had finished last year, I knew that uh, Hunt, uh, or sorry, Chubb missed a couple of games helping Hunt out a little bit, uh, but they both finished as RB ones last year, inside the top twelve. So uh, you get a couple of big names back from injury, a couple of young guys moving up. I could see where um, he finishes right around here. I do personally have him a little bit higher, just because I believe mm-hmm. in his ability out of the backfield in the pass catching type role, like you mentioned. I think the games that Hunt, or sorry, the games that Chubb missed also hurt Hunt because it's not like you can have both of them out there and you don't know what one's going to do. Like when Kamara had Ingram, 
Yeah. And I see this is a very, very similar situation. Uh, I believe they're a lot closer. You know, when Kamara was out there, I mean, you knew that that was the guy. When Ingram was out there by himself, you know, it's more likely just a pass to somebody versus with these two guys, it's a whole lot closer in their abilities. So where you don't necessarily know where it's going to go. So I don't mind him here. I, I am a little bit higher on him. Oh, good. I thought I was high. Yeah. <laughs> I thought we were gonna be like eighteen. That's really high for Hunt, and and so I was a little conservative with him. But I like I like it that you have him higher. I, I like that. Josh, who do you have there at eighteen? At eighteen, I have Antonio Gibson. Um, I mean, just because of Mc. Why Why are you looking at me like that, Kev? <laughs> I'm looking at I my saw, list and looking at you, you. You're giving me that like slow nod. Um, but. Just because McKissick is there, um, I actually didn't put McKissick on this list because uh, I think with Gibson being healthy for a full season, it's he's going to start pulling more work towards his way, uh, but not enough to where it makes a full impact for him to be that RB1. Um, so I, 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 for me, I just think that the middle of the table – or just about at the middle of the table is where he belongs. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I definitely like Gibson. I think that um, bringing in Fitzpatrick helps him more uh, just because they can establish a better pass game to open up for the run with him a little bit. Uh, hopefully it's a little bit more steady quarterback-wise than last year. Um I do like McKissick as well. He's just short on my list. I know he's more of their receiving back, which you would think would bode well uh, to be on the list. But I think that Gibson takes a step forward and takes away any type of uh, run share that McKissick had and moves him more to a pure pass catcher. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I think I'm. I think I'm more along lines with you, Kev. I think I'm higher on than Gibson than Josh is. Are you as well? Yeah, I'm uh I'm not far off. Okay. All uh, right. So yeah, yeah I'm, I am a little higher. I'm higher on Gibson and when I uh you know when when I mention him I'll, I'll get into more but yeah I think the whole McKissick talk like yeah he gained a few pounds. McKissick isn't anyone. <laughs> I'm telling you that, like McKissick isn't anything special. He's He's a scat back. He's you know he's a dime a dozen, and I know he wants more touches, but he's not going to get more touches. It's, it's Gibson's show, so I'm higher yeah. on it on him than 18. Did I say? Oh, uh, 18 for myself. Probably my biggest question mark I have on my whole list is a non-receiver for Tampa, and this is where I put Rojo on the list. Uh, Basically split 50-50 time with Fournette. He was kind of the regular season guy. And then Fournette lit it up in the playoffs. So it's really hard to see coming into this season where they're going to land and where that carry share is going to be, especially with them bringing in yet another running back and having um, Keyshawn Vaughn there. So the, the hopes from last year, I just, think get a little bit better and you know, think see I think he falls about 18 but could see where it could be a big miss. 
Yeah, I was about to say because talent-wise, I think Rojo is far and away better than Fournette talent-wise. But for some reason, Arians doesn't see it that way. So he splits carries with with Fournette. And then they brought in – I mean, neither of them can catch the ball well. And that's why they brought in Gio. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, like you're ta- – I, I, to me, the Bucks running backs are on – they don't touch my top 24. They're nowhere near my top twenty-four because it's too there's there's too much question mark around that 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 uh, backfield. I believe I don't know where uh, Rojo finished seventeenth last year according to my list. I don't know where Fournette finished, but I'm really surprised that they did bring in somebody else. Oh, thirty-ninth, way off for Fournette. I'm surprised that they did bring in um, uh, another back instead of trying to develop Keyshawn Vaughn a bit. It just seems like they had no love for him last year whatsoever, uh, especially a young talent. Like they didn't really work with him much. They're like, yeah, okay, we're just going to side table this project and just run with the two we got. Because I don't think Vaughn is anything special either. I, a lot of people like them, but. I when I studied them in the draft, I didn't see anything that stood out. Like even as a pat, just as strictly as a pass catching back, I, I mean, nothing back to me about him. Yeah, I don't think he's anything necessarily special, but I don't know why, especially with all the money you now have on the team, bringing back every starter from last year. If it was really necessary to go sign another running back versus the three you got. And then, because, well, I think it's because Gio is a proven pass catcher, and they didn't want to go. Like, if you remember watching Bucks games, and I'm sure you did with Tom Brady there, I'm sure you did, but like, they were trying to throw the ball to the running backs all the time. And how many drops did they have? Like, neither Fournette yeah. or or Rojo, like, really solidified themselves as uh, a, a pass catching back at all, and. And you know, you know Brady well. He likes his running backs to be good pass catchers. So I think with them being in win now mode, they're like, we can't develop anyone. We're not going to bank on Fournette and Rojo again. Let's bring in a proven veteran that can show he can do it. And so I think that's why they brought him, brought in Dio. Who did you have up next on your list? Don't me or Josh? You. Oh me. Okay. Um, yeah. I have this guy really low. So it's gonna it's gonna come it's gonna come with a lot of like you know shock. Um, I have him a lot lower than a lot of people, um, and I'll explain why. But I, at, this is the first person of my tier three, and in reality, all these guys and this is I have a lot of guys in tier three. I have it's my RB ten all the way to RB seventeen. So all of them are about e- equally ranked. So if that if that helps explain why it, it will, but I have Jonathan Taylor at 17, oh, and oh, the reason why he's he's if I have to name someone at 17, I'm gonna put Jonathan Taylor, is because he's a great runner, but he is not a good pass catcher and he fumbles the ball still, and he did he did nothing last year to really dispel those stuff. And Naheem Hines is back healthy again he's going to keep that pass catching role and then marlon mack if he can be at least like 70 percent of what he was he's going to take a little bit of carries so 
I Jonathan Taylor, the the talent is immense, but like I I I, I can't put him clear and above, uh, uh, clear and away above the rest of the guys I have in the same tier. They're equally ranked to me, so, but I'm just going to put them in 17 because for sake of the discussion. <laughs> so. I think ceiling ten is what I'm going to label him. Ceiling ten, uh, mm-hmm. I'm I'm okay with for him. I, yeah. I could see the floor falling out, especially on this whole middle grouping of people, just because it, it's that uh, next step of question marks, right? It's not necessarily injury; it's more about use. It's can they mm-hmm. produce the same as last year, or can they come back and play? Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think it's necessarily bad. I think that definitely a lot lower than other people at 17, but knowing how you rank and knowing that it's more of a tier situation yeah, that, yeah, um, yeah I, I don't uh, don't hate it here. Um, same kind of with my guy. This is where I have Chris Carson. I know we talked about him already. Yeah. I think it's more of a could be a top 10 guy or could be off the list type guy. It's just how are they going to use him? Does he stay healthy? And can they produce as a team all year for him to be relevant? I'm actually going to follow the uh, the trend of, you know, how they use him and if he can stay healthy. And that's why I have Austin Eckler at 17 on my list. Um, he missed, a, what was it, almost like half of the season last year due to injury. And, you know, the prior year he had like 92 receptions, so he's proven himself in it to be very viable in a PPR league. But just because of last season with him being injured for so long, um, I would like to see him higher, but I don't know. I just don't think I can. Eric chimes in regarding um, Jonathan Taylor and says, Wentz injury also hurts him because he'll see eight in the box a lot more. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I already said where Eckler was for me. I, I'm not an Eckler guy. I kind of lost faith after seeing injuries and lackluster performances to think that he's going to be a guy or the guy. So even with the pass catching there, I just don't think there's enough to really, you know, wow me. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, you mentioned... Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was I was gonna say um, it's funny that we're, we're on the topic of Eckler because I have him next at sixteen for okay. a lot of same reasons. Like I I love him as a pass catcher and with a PPR, I want to put him higher because he's great, great PPR right. guy. But that durability and like is he if he's just gonna be used as a pass catcher and and just sparingly as a runner, um, I like how high is his ceiling? You know what I mean? So I, I want to see him bounce back from that injury. So I'm I'm with Josh in terms of being a little skeptical, and I, I have him at 16. For me at 16, I have Josh Jacobs, which is probably a lot lower than most people. Um, but I think fall, I think he fell off a little bit last year compared to the his rookie year. Um, you know, uh, I think that. Them bringing in Kenyon Drake 
doesn't bode well a for his confidence or b for his carry share i think that they had if they brought in a name like that that tells me that they're now not overly sold that he can be a premier bell cow that he needs somebody to lean on and uh, change a pace so i don't think he performs as well as last year i don't think that he does uh overly poor but i think that the team gets better in the past game you know doesn't have to use his legs as much and just does okay uh who's going next who wants yeah, to what number you're at, yeah we're at 16 on you josh Okay, uh, so 16, this is actually where I have Chris Carson. Um, upside is he's their clear-cut number one guy there in Seattle. Uh, downside is I just believe that Seattle is all about getting it to Lockett and DK um, to where it, it'll just drop Carson from being that top 10 kind of guy that he could be. Um, but I just th- yeah, Seattle's just all about passing for me. Who do you have at uh, fifteen, Josh? Did you guys already go through your sixteen? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, at fifteen, um, I actually have Josh Jacobs here, um, and it's a hundred percent for the same reasons that you just said, Kev. With bringing in a bigger name like Drake, you know that there's going to be some type of uh, takeaway from his carries and it's it's enough to drop him out of the top 10 of where he finished last season chucks <laughs> i have the same guy josh jacobs 15 oh wow <laughs> okay <laughs> Good thing. I'm, I'm, i think that's the closest we've all three of us have come on yeah. the same guys so far. Yeah. yeah so i think it's a it's fair yeah um at 15, I have – this is where I have Gibson. Like I said I'm a okay. little bit higher on him than Josh is. Um, I think that McKissick there hurts him a little bit as far as the PPR value goes because obviously that's we know that's where the catches are going to go. But as far as the run game, I think that – I think that he could be a, a premier guy if put in a better situation. I mean, their line's okay. Um, their passing is not anything to really uh, open things up. It's not something that people are going to be dropping back on to open up the field for them, but just enough to be um, just outside of the RB1s for me. Kev, who do you have at 14? Well, did everybody give their fifteen? Yeah, yeah. I think Josh Jacobs. Yeah, okay. Yeah. At uh at fourteen for me, this is where I had to rearrange my list because I had first missed him off of injury is Joe Mixon. I think that he comes back and plays well, uh, but obviously coming back off of an injury like that and not have ever being a top back, I would say. Not you know, he was never a Saquon. You know, to where you say that's an elite talent that could bounce back and be just as good after an injury to where he's just below that to where does he really get all of that juice back in the tank um, for him. So I'm excited. I, I hope I'm low on him. 
I hope that he outperforms that because I do like him. Uh, I do like what he does catching the ball out of the backfield a little bit too. Um, so I hope that he steps up from this, but I think for me, the floor is 14 for him. Josh. <laughs> I have a Joe Mixon at 14. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so, I am. I guess I'm, I'm the only one that's Josh, a little bit higher on him. I agree with Kevin at 14. So it's <laughs> not much else to say. Yeah. I really do think though, like I think he'll be good, but I, I have similar concerns. I want to see him play to, to bounce back and healthy back to his old form. I do think that just as a talent, Joe Mixon's always been underrated. I always thought he was one of the better talents, but being in Cincy for so long, like yeah. no one pays attention to you. <laughs> and that, that team is hard, has been horrible and offensive line has been horrible. So that kind of like masks some of his uh, potential for production. But um, I've always thought Joe Mixon was a great talent. And so I hope, I hope he makes it like, like I said, all this, this whole tier is RB 10, RB 17, is the same is the same. So I think uh Joe Mixon at 14, I think he does have RB1 potential. Yeah, Brett says no Geo raises his floor as well. Which mm. I believe it's pretty much just him. Yeah. It's just yeah. it's him. So for me at 14, it pains me to put him uh this low just because of my dynasty and how much I need saving. Uh 14 is where I have James Robinson. Um, I, I'm still just running from the fact of Etienne being there. So I'm not going to blame it on him being drafted of why he's so low. I would just say he, he fell this far just because of, like I said earlier, the show guys coming back from injuries and, you know, possibly rookies stepping in that I think have a better chance of getting higher on the list than him. Yeah, for me, I'm a little bit higher on him than you are. Um, he was a tough one to rank uh, just because of how much of a question mark the whole team is, right? I mean, new coach, new quarterback, two, you know, a new running back, a handful of new receivers. Like, what are we going to really see out of this team? It's not anything close to what it was last year. Uh, I think that just because I do believe in his pure talent that he will produce and at least be an RB1. I don't think it's going to be the shock and all like last year to where it was basically an undrafted guy finishing in the top five, top 10 in most leagues. I do think that uh, Etienne hurts him a little bit catching out of the backfield, but I think it also opens things up to be a cream hunt, Nick Chubb situation to where they are, will really feed off each other and not have to worry about your weaknesses because they complement each other well, in my opinion. I like James Robinson, talent-wise. I, I just don't know. I have to see how – I don't know what Urban Meyer is going to do. That's my question. With ETN and, and Robinson, it's just about Urban Meyer. That – um. So we'll see. But I like both of them as talent. So uh, I like that you have them this high. I wish I could be as high on Robinson as you, but um, again, it's just the coaches. It's just the coach. I don't I don't know what to expect from him. Um, 
Who do you have at 14? 14, I already said Joe Mixon, yeah. Um, okay, yeah. yeah. 13? 13, that's where I have uh, my son, Miles Sanders. Um, I already explained, you know, I already talked about him a lot earlier, and I think he's going to surprise people, especially with a healthy offensive line, if if they stay healthy. So if they stay healthy, Miles is, is primed for a big year, and so I think he's going to surprise a lot of fantasy heads who will want to – write them off so early. So I have him at 13. 13 is where I have Kareem Hunt. I think that uh, he still finishes right as a fringe RB1, uh, just as where he was last year. I think that even with a couple guys coming back healthy, it doesn't really affect them too much just because of his role in the past game. So I think that... Uh, he just runs flat, basically, compared to last year. Uh, 13 for me. This is actually where I am placing my front runner rookie of the season. And this is where I have Najee Harris at. Um, I think that regardless of what people say about Pittsburgh's offensive line, I think that they're going to pull. And I know, Kev, you mentioned this to me. Uh, prior to the show tonight, and I'm going to completely swipe your idea from you. And I believe you said it, they're going to have the same effect that James Conner had, where it was kind of a surprise to them. But hopefully for Najee's case, it doesn't turn into a James Conner situation where, you know, after the one season, he just becomes brittle and just breaks by just looking at him. Yeah, I think that... um... You know, the, the comment that I made earlier was kind of a shock and all. When you're talking about linemen, a lot of uh, moves that they make are muscle memory, and they kind of adjust that in-game to players that they're familiar with because everybody cuts differently and, and moves differently. Their feet move different, and their hips move different. And uh, I'm sure Chucks can attest to that to where I think when you see a lot of these young, unseen at the NFL level, running backs come in, usually do well out the gate. The exact opposite when it comes to receivers. When we talk about running backs, we talked about James Robinson, Jonathan Taylor, um, James Conner when he first stepped in, when Bell held out. You know, Conner looked like an all-star. Like, you know, nobody nobody could really stop him outside of a barber maybe because of his god-awful haircut. But you know, what he did on the field, however, when he had first came in was unbelievable. Now kind of falling off, obviously not on the team anymore. Now moved to a second back, you know, committee type back uh, elsewhere. So I do believe he's going to do really well there, Harris, especially having the size on him and them talking about 300 plus carries on the season. I just think the workload is there. there is there enough to, for him to do well? There's no way he doesn't do well with that many carries. I don't want to speak on Najee yet because I have him ranked high. So <laughs> okay. I'll speak on him when I get to him. <laughs> See, that, that just helps me because I don't feel crazy. Like, I don't feel like I put him too high as it is. Oh, yeah, no, I, I hear you. Yeah, I got torn. Um, I got I got torn on for uh, <laughs> for how I ranked my rookies last week. Yeah, that's it's fine. Um, 
I, I don't I don't blame you. If if they're gonna tear you apart, they're gonna tear me apart for where I have them. But um so that was your thirteen, right? Yes. Thirteen. Kevin, yep. did you say your thirteen? Yeah, I had Hunt at thirteen. Okay. So we're going to twelve. Yep, at twelve I had this is where I have James Robinson. Wow, it's still that's really high. For my liking, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think this is I just think that oh, this is more mind. of a I know we talked about it. I think this is more of a ceiling spot for him. I think that I'm a little bit higher on him most. You know, I'm taking the I know the talent's there, so I'll look away from the question marks uh, about the team structure a little bit more. Uh, but I can see where people just don't want to touch him in general because of the unknown. So yeah, yeah. And who do you have here, Chucks? Uh, Twelve. I have Antonio Gibson, and I I talked about how McKissick doesn't worry me. Um, I've I've heard reports and quotes from coaches so far that Rivera plans to use Gibson as a receiver more which is music to my ears because, you know, Gibson coming out of Memphis last year, he was he was a receiver being converted to running back, and he had to learn the running back position. But it was funny seeing as the year went on, he was hardly used as a receiver, which is a little bit backwards. But um, I want to see him used more as a receiver because he get, he's shown in Memphis he can do that. And as I did a tape study, I did a, a film breakdown video, of Gibson from his Thanksgiving Day game. And, man, Gibson really has come a long way since week one to to even that game on Thanksgiving. He's made huge strides as a running back, learning and picking up the nuances of the position. And, you know, he's so far from perfect, but for him to be that good already in just one year or less than a year, and he's still growing and developing – like I'm really high on him as a talent. And I think Rivera and Washington, they are high on him too. So I, I have him this high at 12 with the notion with the understanding and expectancy of him being used more as a receiver and being a dual threat. And that's why he's at 12 for me. Who do you have at 12, Josh? Uh, twelve. I won't won't talk too much on him because uh, we already, I think I believe we all kind of went through him. But uh, the twelve is actually where I have Kareem Hunt at, and pretty much the same reason that you said, Kev. I think he kind of just stays the same here. Um, and you know, like I said, he finished tenth on the season last year, and just repeating it yet again with other players coming back, it just kind of pushes him down the list a little further. You guys ranking him higher than me? Like, I I, I regret putting him that low now. I thought, <laughs> I thought I was high on him, and I'm like, hey, 18, I might get I might get laughed at for having this high, but you guys having this high, it makes me happy. Then, like, hey, like, I can have, I can rank him higher. I was surprised you were so low on him just because I knew that um, pre-off-field issues, he was the guy for you. Yeah, he was my guy, yeah. And yeah, then, and you know, was... obviously, everything happened. It, it kind of left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth, but forgot that 
he can still play football. So yeah, he's, uh, he never stopped being an elite talent. And, and he's right. from what I've researched and and heard, he's done a lot to kind of like repair his image and 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 you know make up atone for what he did before, which is all right. you can have. You know, everyone deserves a second chance, in my opinion. So good to hear that. I think he's making the most out of his time in Cleveland, which is his hometown. I think it's a perfect yeah. spot for him right now. So yeah, redoing this, I might, he's the one guy I might put higher because, you know, you guys make great points. And I didn't realize he was, he was, um, he finished that high statistics wise last year. He was, he was an RB one. So yeah, I might put him higher if I re-ranked this. I'd be willing to gamble that the reason he did finish that high is just because of the games that Chubb did miss. Missed, yeah, yeah. So the games that Chubb missed uh, four straight, he had at least according to FSA's points last year, um, which I think we changed a couple of things on. But for this sake, it was 19.8, 8.2, 20.7, and 10.8. He I have averaged. a feeling, Kev. Let me ask you a quick question. Do we have different scoring, uh, uh, scoring layouts between redraft and dynasty? We might. I might be looking at the wrong one. I think you're looking at dynasty because. Okay, so yeah. for me, because I know 100, I'm looking at redraft, uh, including the game that Chubb got injured, which I'm assuming because Chubb only had five points in that game. Hunt had 21.6, 21.3, 9.2, 22.2, and then 11.8. So You are probably right because I was looking at the wrong list. So, yeah, I'm willing to bet that game. part of Kareem Hunt being top 10 is based off of Chubb missing games. So, for me, at 11 is where I have Najee. Not too far. Not too far. I think that uh, with Big Ben already seen with ice everywhere, I think they are going to use him as uh, much as they had Le'Veon out the gate just to try to preserve Big Ben for the full season. Um, And I think – I don't want to make any comparisons to Le'Veon because when Le'Veon was at least a stealer, he was – top in the leagues. I mean, it was, you know, they had a three-headed monster that nobody could really touch with him and uh, Brown there. So I don't want to make that comparison yet, but he has that type of upside to really do well in this system. So for me at 11, uh, this is where I have, I would say is my question mark of this list because of two factors. Um, and this is where I have David Montgomery uh, because of Tariq Cohen coming back. So you're giving me that face again, Kev. You're giving me that face again. No, keep going. Oh, I like the rest of going. I haven't mentioned Montgomery yet, so he's, he's not <laughs> Oh, he hasn't. I knew <laughs> somebody hasn't yet. Um, so Cohen's coming back. They have Fields who I guess everybody's saying by week four, I believe somebody commented it. Uh uh, Fields is going to be starting. Um, And this is where I put that question mark of, one, does Cohen have an effect on Montgomery's workload? And also, does Fields have a 
effect on his workload. And it hopefully in the case of making my list seat make sense, uh, you know, Chicago realizes the type of running back he is and they don't let fields affect it. Yeah, once I get to him, I'll give my opinion. <laughs> Real quick, we have we have Brett chiming in saying, since we're closing in on where I would rank him, where would where would you guys have ranked Cam Akers on the list? I probably would have put him um couple spots higher than here we're at 11 now going to 10 i probably would have had him about here probably at like 10 i probably would have had him around the 11 to 15 range i I, I think i think he's a good running back but i just haven't seen enough from him to put him in that top 10 area i mean he didn't really take off until the playoffs i believe yeah but in the playoffs he looked like an absolute stud that could be a pure bell cow. And I would, like if, if you watch that tape compared to the rest of the season, you, you might as well just consider that a new season because everything was different. So if he was to continue that success into this year, I could see him as a top 10 back. I, I did have him um, around 12 to 13 around that range. And you know, you you talked you talked to you talked about his or how he looked in the playoffs. Cam, you're absolutely right. Like, you know, for context, Cam was very not very raw, but like he was so used to running behind a horrible, horrible offensive line of Florida State, and so he didn't really have disciplined footwork and vision when he came into LA. And so that had to be developed and taught. But by the time it hit the playoffs, you see him in that one playoff game, I believe against the Seahawks. Man, the guy, like I, I said last year or the, in that draft class that out of all the running backs, Akers had the highest ceiling out of all the running backs because his physical talent was immense. I think sadly that's gone out the window now because with a torn Achilles – it's hard for football players to recover and be the same athlete they once were. It, the numbers are very, very low. So, I mean, it's unfortunate. I was really upset because he was going to be – Kevin, you know, you're in our league. Yeah. <laughs> he was going to be one of my keepers. So, like, I was really upset. But, yeah, I did have him around 12 to 13. And it's, it's a shame because he had such a high, such high potential. And I hope he still comes back, proves me wrong, and is – every bit the running back that he was supposed to be, um, especially in that system. But, man, like he he was – he had a really high ceiling, really high ceiling. He's, he was so talented, and I was, uh, I was highly upset he got hurt. Who do you have at 10, Chucks? I didn't say my 11. Okay. Well, who do you 11, have there then? The 11 I have – this is where I have Clyde. and Really? The, only reason uh, did you both say Clyde already? We have Pim yeah. low. I had him yeah, at low, right? Okay. Yeah. So let me let me tell you why I have him this high. 
um, and why I don't have them higher. Um, I think people need to realize that when it comes uh, – Clyde in that draft class, he was my RB1 above J.K. Dobbins, above Jonathan Taylor, above everyone else. He was my RB1. And because of everyone, he has the best vision. He has unbelievable quickness, awesome underrated strength and power as a runner, and he's versatile. He's a, a tremendous pass catcher. And he's in a system, and you read – that used Brian Westbrook as a top tier fantasy running back for several for several years, and that system, which is very running back friendly, and I think that people didn't don't really understand how good of a runner Clyde is because last year for some reason he was he was mixed in with a bunch of other runners. The only reason why I don't have him higher is because. I don't know how much he's going to be used in the passing game, which is odd because coming out of college, he was a tremendous receiver, and then he wasn't used at all. He was barely used at all his rookie season. Maybe that's because he had to learn and develop still. Um, but I do believe he has that potential. He has that He has that ability to be kind of like one of the best dual threat running backs in the game. And so having that kind of potential – that's why I have him this highly ranked. And I know they brought in McKinnon, who's a good receiver. But if Clyde, I, I honestly believed. And remember, they drafted him at the end of the first round. This isn't some like mid or late round running back that, that they took. They took a first round pick. They took him with a first round pick. So they have high expectations for him. I think if Clyde develops the way he's supposed to, there's no other running back that's going to touch him on that team. It doesn't matter if it's McKinnon. It doesn't matter if it's Darrell Williams. It doesn't matter who it is. It's going to be Clyde's show. It's just a matter of how much he can bring along. And so I think the potential is way too high to 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 not ignore. And I know they have other weapons there in the receiving game, like uh, they have Mikkel Hardman, Tyree Kill. But remember, we're talking about Andy Reid. Andy Reid passes like 70% of the time. Like He doesn't run the ball a lot. So I think that if Clyde earns those receiving reps, he's going to do more than – he's going to have more than enough touches go his way. So that's why I have him this high because he's – the potential is way too high for him. Chris also says that it helps that Mahomes actually asked for him and was voting for him to get drafted there. So having that type of stamp of approval uh, definitely helps. I think he's more of a guy for me I would – He's a, and I say this in reverse because there's another guy on the list that we haven't mentioned yet that I don't want to miss on because he has the potential. Uh, Clyde is a guy that I don't want to shoot on because I know that where he finished last year, I don't want to be the guy that takes him and and he finishes at his floor, which is where I had him at 22. So, I don't want, you know, I know that the growth could be there, the carry share could be there, but I don't want to over exude and take take him this high and he run flat. So, uh, but I do understand where you're coming from as far as the talent is there. It's just putting all the pieces together now. How, how, where did you, <clears throat> knowing Andy Reid though, look at his history of running backs and how he's used a number one running back. Well, Westbrook, McCoy, and then we went to Kansas City. He had Jamal Charles, and he, then he had 
Kareem Hunt for those two years, and look how they prospered. You know, and look how well, I, I believe were fantasy. They were all fantasy studs, like at like RB ones. You're talking about RB ones. So the history is not only telling you otherwise. Like to me, the floor is not 22. The floor is 14, 15. That's the floor. I think his floor is way is higher, a lot higher than where you guys have him at, because of all the other factors. I think the ceiling is much higher if he is used in the receiving game. But if he's used as is as a runner, his floor is is RB high end RB two. Yeah, I th- I think that the obviously the history is there with Andy Reid and running backs to you know do well with them. I just think that this is also a different ball game when you throw in a quarterback like Mahomes and then the extreme speed that they have in the receiving core and then obviously the check down is Travis Kelsey. Um, so those types of receptions that a normal receiving back would get isn't necessarily there. So uh, I'm, I am, again, a little bit lower on them, well, a lot lower on them than most people uh, in general. Brett says, basically, CEH to the moon. You don't have to listen to Brett. His opinion doesn't matter. Uh, where we, Where does that put us at? 10? Chucks. Top 10. 10. All right, so 10, um, and this is the last guy I have for my third tier, um, mm-hmm. and it's J.K. Dobbins. So with J.K. Dobbins, I, I wanted – I was really debating on putting him in tier two, but um, I'm gonna, I put him at the top of this tier. I think that I they talk about using him more in the passing game, so that's that's great. I still, I still need to see it first because when I scouted him in college, it, he was he was good. He wasn't like a Clyde in terms of being a receiver. He had some things I, I I still would like him to work on. So with him barely being used as a receiver his rookie year, I need to see it first. But the volume, the running game, is is going to be there, and that's why I have him this high. And he's an immense talent. He's he's so good, and and. He reminds me so much, and I don't like take the off the field issues out of it. But he reminds me so much of Ray Rice when he was he was Ravens, and it's funny because they they wore the same they wear the same number, but similar game, smaller, stout you know stout uh, runners like very good contact balance, very good agility. Like he, um, I he, he's another guy, him and Clyde, where. I have them at 10 and 11, but they could finish like much higher. I think that's what the ceiling is. Ceiling is like top five, but I have them right now at 10 and 11. Yeah, my issue with uh, Dobbins is just the carry share. Uh, the, um, I think that their number one running back throws the ball. I think that hurts him. Last year, he only he, he didn't miss one game. And only averaged 12.6 points a game, finishing at 25 overall. So I think for me to see that big of a jump, I would have to see it first to believe it versus shooting this high and ranking him and saying, oh, yeah, I'm confident putting him there. But I do see the talent in general. I just don't know if it will be in that system just because of where the shares go. 
Kev, who do you have Josh. at number 10? Did you say you're 10, Josh? No, I did not. 10 oh, for wait, myself is... Sorry. Yeah, 10 where I have myself is uh, Chubb. I think uh, we kind of already touched on him enough. I think that he finishes close to where he did last year, a little bit higher given those four games back as long as he stays healthy. I think that he's a um, one of the last pure downhill rushers. I don't think there's many um, similar to your Henry's or Barkley's or guys that basically just take the ball, run that way, just go straight. And, and do it well enough. Um, has a little bit of mobility, obviously, between the tackles, but uh, I think just that pure power puts him up in my top 10. So for 10, for me, this is actually where I have Jonathan Taylor. Um, I just think that with Hines and not so much Mac I'm worried about, but with Hines coming back, it's definitely going to be a thorn in his side. And I mean, if you just look at the games that Jonathan Taylor kind of regressed a little bit and he kind of had like an off week, that's where Hines flourished. And I think it's just going to be the same thing this season with either Hines or Mac. Cause you had week one, Taylor had 15.9 to 29.3. Uh, week 8, 6.6 to 23.2. And then week 10, 7.7 to 33. I mean, that's the difference maker of Taylor finishing in fifth compared to had he had those points, he could have been maybe top three and knocked Henry down. Yeah, I'm still a little bit higher on him. That and just with the Wentz injury, I think that it doesn't help him as well. Who do you have at uh, nine, Josh? At nine, this is where I have Joe Mixon. Um, I believe it was Brett that actually agreed with me, and I am a firm believer of I think no Geo is going to actually help him. And I think that he comes back from his injury and – skyrockets all the way up inside of the top 10. Yeah, I hope that's the case. I, I want them to. Uh, I want them to get back into that top tier of guys. Um, it's just hard to do it where he was and then throw the injury in where he's going to be. Um, for myself at nine is where I put uh, Zeke at. Okay. I think that uh, you know I, I don't. Uh, it's funny because I'm looking at my quarterback rankings as well. I have Dak at nine as well. I think that I'm a lot lower on the Cowboys' offense in general. I think I'm also a lot lower on both of them when they play together. I think that they are both talented, but I think that there's too much talent there to put up top five numbers for both. I think if Dak didn't have Zeke, who is a phenomenal runner, then he would do more in the pass game and flip-flop for Zeke. If their pass game wasn't as strong, he could jump up a little bit. So um, I'd put him at the bottom end of RB1s at nine. Nine. Chuck's, 
Yep. Of mine. So um, the first running back of my second tier, and I have RB five to RB RB nine for my for my second tier. So RB nine, I have Najee Harris. So I'm higher on him than either of you. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. I'm yeah. 100% okay yeah. with that. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I think the issue is just it's a rookie, so everyone's always a little bit skeptical because yeah. they haven't yeah, seen I, him in the big leagues. And I but, understand that. Yeah, and I, I totally get it. But, like, Najee, to me, like, I was, like, this, this past draft, I couldn't sing his praises enough. Like, you know, maybe I'll have him. Like, I, I have him – in terms of draft wise, I had him similarly graded as Clyde the year before, and so like it. The only again, the only reason why I don't have Clyde higher is because they didn't use him in the passing game that I expected them to do. If they did, and or if I knew they were going to use him as a receiver, he would be at he would be ranked just one above Najee. But because I haven't seen it, then I had to knock him down a notch. But anyways, I have no qualms about Najee and how he's going to be used in Pittsburgh. Why? Because, Kevin, you talked about it. Because they already had Le'Veon Bell. It's pretty much going to be the Le'Veon Bell role. I am not worried about right. him being another Connor. Why? Because Connor was never a talent, the talent that Bell was, and he, is ne- he was never the talent that Najee Harris is. But Connor was always just a solid guy that got a bunch of production because – they were focusing on all the other weapons. And so I was never sold on Connor as a talent, but Najee Harris is so talented. He does everything. Everything. He does everything. His weakest part of his game is pass pass protection, but even that part, it, it isn't horrible. Like he has the, the will and the want in pass protection, so I don't think he's going to – I think it's just a matter of coaching and just fine-tuning some stuff here, but he's an incredible receiver already, great runner, He's going to be exactly what Pittsburgh wants, so I I can't put him any lower than than this. Najee Harris, like that, yeah, like uh, the comment here. Are you not worried about the own line? I I am worried about that own line, but if I wasn't worried about that own line, I'd have, I'd have him higher. And the the good thing about about a, a running back like Najee and how he's going to be used is because his floor is still going to be high enough because he's going to be used as a receiver. He's going to be flexed out. He's going to be part of the passing game. And so it's I, I still think that it's you know his floor is still going to be low end RB1, maybe high end RB2, but like that that when they drafted him it was one of the most predictable things. It was like he's he's perfect for Steelers. He's exactly what they want. And so you know, it, it to me, I'm I'm way too. I like him too much of a talent not to have him lower. Yeah, he was one of the guys I kind of went to the perfect situations with this team. Was like you couldn't get any more clear cut. Yes, that's where you belong. Type of feels. Yeah. Uh, who do you have at eight? Me. Chucks. Oh me. Okay. Sorry, at, at eight I have Zeke. And okay. um I want to have him higher. And a lot of Eagles fans might be surprised when I say that. Um, but like putting my fanhood aside, like just looking from 
being a running back guy, I think Zeke has been too good for way too long for me to completely write him off. And I've seen videos and images of him this offseason. He has slimmed down a lot. He is trim, and he is he's he's a lot more slim than what he was before. He's not carrying as much weight. Therefore, I think he's going to get a lot of that burst back. And as long as the Cowboys offensive line is good enough, you know, at least good, I think Zeke is going to have a bounce back year. But again, I have to see it first. And the reason why I have to see it first is why I don't have him higher than the other guys in the same tier, which I will get to. Who do you have at eight, Josh? At eight, this is where I have Nick Chubb. Um, I think that it's just the perfect spot for him. I think that he rises up a little bit, uh, you know, dependent upon he plays the whole season. The only downside that I have to him, and this is a little bit of a personal skepticism, is that I always get skeptical of running backs who just get paid. I feel like every time a running back gets paid, they just sit back and put their feet up for the whole season. Jumping back to this, Chris says to ask Brett about Elliot. He says that he has a man crush for his new photos. And Brett confirms he does have a man crush <laughs> for Zeke. <laughs> No, yeah, every time I, I think I do. Of, every time I think of Zeke, I think of the the video of just him eating the cereal. No. <laughs> that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Or his belly shirts. Oh yes. my gosh, that's iconic. <laughs> yeah, I I mean I would. I don't think you're wrong for worrying about running backs that got paid um, outside of a few guys Zeke could probably be one of them the other one is a guy who I have at nine or sorry eight rather is uh Aaron Jones got paid still performed I think that it's going to continue this year especially being a must win win now type of situation with uh Rogers coming back for one year he knows his best chance is going to be this year so it's all or nothing all the way around for them. Uh, was, was that the end of eight? No, that was the first for eight. No, I told I said Chubb was my eight. You had Aaron Jones and then... Chuck, who did you have at eight? That was Zeke? At eight was Zeke, yes. Okay, okay yeah. Okay, so then seven for me is uh, Jonathan Taylor. Basically... All the reasons Josh gave just a little higher. Uh, I, I think that uh, I think the other running backs in the room affect him a little bit less. I think that no Wentz for any given time helps him. I think that that means that they're just going to have to lean on the running game a little bit more, knowing that they can. And um, I think that personally, uh, Wentz is a step up from Philip Rivers. Uh, Jacob Eason is a question mark in the comparison, so it's kind of hard to judge where that would be. I can't say that it goes down because he's played with worse in Philip Rivers compared to what he's been practicing with in Wentz and what was expected of him. So, um, I'm kind of high on him here at seven. Chuck, do you have, you have Chuck's? at seven? 
At seven, I have Chubb. I have Nick Chubb. Okay. And I don't. I forget where you guys had him ranked. Where did you have him ranked? Yes, yeah, so I, I was. Yeah, Josh had him at eight, and I have him at ten. So. Okay, so like we're all around the same range. Yeah, yeah, Chubb is. A, um, to me, Chubb is the best pure runner in the league. Yep. Best pure runner, just in terms of just running the ball. Best pure runner in the league. He's so good, and um, I know you're. You brought up your concern, Josh, about like running backs getting paid, which is completely a valid concern because you always worry about, you know, like them falling off. But I think Chubb is someone that knowing his demeanor, he's such just like a quiet, reserved, um, blue-collar, lunch pail guy that just comes to work, does his job, and like doesn't make too much of a fuss and isn't isn't a diva at all. I think that Chubb will be absolutely fine. And so – I, I'm pretty secure with him at, at seven. Who do you have at seven, Josh? So at seven, this is actually where I have Aaron Jones at. Um, I just think that, you know, because he, he was actually a free agent at one point, so he had the option to walk away. So I think that the fact that he kind of chose to come back to Green Bay uh, – just says that he's ready to come back and, you know, just go to work. And just like what you said, Kev, with how this is probably Roger or most likely Rogers' last season in Green Bay, uh, that they are going to make a, a decent push for playoffs, if not uh, Super Bowl. I wouldn't go that far, but okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> they, they, they are a Super Bowl team. I mean, let's be honest. They can be. They can't get past the Green Bay Invitational game, okay? Where you get invited to beat Green Bay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Everybody always talks about, like, oh, yeah, they have to go up to Lambeau to play them. Who do you have at uh, six, Josh? At six, this is where I have probably the running back that I felt like I had to put him here, and I really didn't want to because I'm just not that high on him. Um, this is where I have Derrick Henry. I just – he gives you the the rushing yards and the attempts and all that stuff, um, but in no way, shape, or form is he going to get on your good side in a PPR league. Yeah, I could see the concerns there. And Brett says that uh, – don't forget, if the Packers win the Super Bowl, Kevin gets uh, – Oh, I'll say over Damien's trades for a year. I don't know if that, that was an actual bet or not, but I mean, I'll take it regardless. There's only one bet that I know of between you and Damien. I don't remember. It's it's the rugs in uh, Edwards. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so at six for myself, this is where I have Monty. Monty? Yes. Holy <laughs> <laughs> So last year, last year he finished at fourth and only missed one, and he did miss one game. Uh, 20.4 average. To me, this is a guy that I've kind of jumped on the train, right? So, you know, you talk about all the different types of leagues you're in and, you know, uh, all the different trades that people get involved in. And I've said no thanks many, many times. Last year I said, I went on record saying David Montgomery, who was that? Does he play in the league? You know, poking fun at it just to turn around and actually 
investigate and look at the stat stat line and realize that, oh my God, I missed out on an absolute stud for what he pulled off last year. Um, Compared to where he finished last year, I do have his numbers regressing a little bit, uh, not in the top five, but I think the talent is there. Cohen doesn't worry me. Um, I'm all aboard uh, David Montgomery train this year. Chucks, who do you have at number six? Six. All right. Um, first, I just want to say Montgomery at six. That's that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll see though. We will see. We're at six. Wow. Um, at six, I have Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones at six. Okay. So well, we had him at six, seven, and eight between the three of us. Yeah. So yeah. same thing. Uh, who's your five? Chuck. Oh, me, me. Sorry. Five, no, I have Derek Henry. used to say a D, but all the time, Kev. Yeah. <laughs> what? Five, I have Derek Henry to finish off my second tier. And the reason why he's not in my first tier is because it's PPR. Yep. I have him at five as well. Okay. Josh? At five, I have Saquon. I think that because of what the Giants team looks like and more so just having Danny, I can't throw a dime uh, (laughs) at quarterback. I think that he's going to step in regardless of where he starts, whether he's not ready by week one or if he starts maybe two or three. I think he still finishes around five. um, And they're just going to use him like a workhorse in both the running game and uh, as that check down guy. And who do you have at uh, four? At four, I have Zeke. Now, the main purpose of why I have Zeke this high is just because he gets Prescott back. Prior to Prescott getting injured, he actually had about a 25-point average per game, which to my list right here, that actually does put him around that three to four range. So Prescott plays a full year. You got top five Zeke. Yeah, I don't think it's uh, outlandish to see him there. I just, uh, I'm not going to take him that early because I think there's uh, more, I think there's safer picks to go ahead of him, although his ceiling is up there. Um, For me, at four, I have Saquon. I think that he returns pretty much to form and uh, returns uh, to being one of the, I would probably say most well-rounded runners. I think that he does a little bit of everything and does everything pretty well. Um, I mean, could perform a little bit better compared to the top names as far as catching, but uh, I think he returns to typical Saquon. Chuck, who do you have here at four? Uh, at four, I have Saquon. And I want to have him higher, uh-huh. but we need to see how he comes out from injury. But to me, like, yeah. like Kevin, you know how I feel about him. To me, he's the most talented running back in the whole league. And he showed that even with a horrible offensive line. So if he's coming back and he's just how he was before with in the har- a horrible offensive line, but a little bit more help at receiver, it's going to help him 
even more. So I think Saquon at RB4 is around his floor if he's healthy, but if he is if he's back to really being healthy and things click right for that team, he could finish as RB1. Yeah, I uh, I would have to agree. I think he his ceiling is definitely up there. The only real question mark is just the injury. Yeah. Um, Josh, who do you have at three? Uh, at three, I have Dalvin Cook. I think that he does really good with Minnesota. I mean, I guess you could just argue the one point of what we talked about last season with Minnesota where – one week it's one guy next week it's the next guy that's getting the the looks but i mean even regardless he missed two games and still finished second uh just shy of 400 points can't fight or you know you can't knock him down much from from that besides with cmc coming back from injury so taking a look at our lists i I assume that these next three are all the same three just probably in a different order. Yeah. So I'm going <laughs> to rattle mine off. I have Kamara at three, Cook two, CMC one. Same. I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those are all the same here. I think uh, Josh's uh, homerisms put Kamara at second for himself. Uh, don't blame me, bud. We've all been there. Um, but if you take a look at CMC, I know people have injury concerns about him. But if you take a look at the games that he played, I mean, the first three games, absolutely monster games, came back for one game, put up over 30. Uh, I mean, I think they just rushed him back to uh, off the injuries. So I think that, um, you know, th- there's no real, no real worry for me having a full offseason. And I really hope this isn't true, Josh. <laughs> well, do I have some explaining to do because that is <laughs> that is that is exactly what the case is. I do have Kamara over CMC. That is because I think that there's competition in Carolina for receptions compared to competition for receptions in New Orleans. And I think that you know, having Winston or Taysom there, regard depending on who is there, they're going to use Kamara like a check down god because you're you're out Kamara or not Kamara, you're out Thomas for goodness knows how long. You're down your number one receiver. Next one up is Traquan and Adam Troutman, but you have a number one receiver or number one receiver of a running back. So they're going to use him. I guarantee it. And they're going to, and then, you know, last season, Kamara didn't play week 17. This season, they get an extra week and they're going to be playing him all 18 weeks or 17 games because they're going to be fighting all season. Yeah. My biggest concern with him is just exactly what you mentioned. There's a lot of pieces missing for the Saints, which means you're only left with Kamara, which means nothing. There's no surprises. There's nothing opened up. The The game plan gets stripped back to where, hey, let's just put two guys over here and walk Kamara and, you know, okay, we win. You know, th- there's not going to be 
anything fancy or flashy or any surprise. I mean, yes, he's going to be open because who can't throw the ball five yards and find him or rush for a couple of the, he's got the opportunity, but I think that until they figure out what the new look offense is, that he may step back a little bit as far as the, um, what, what, what your evaluation of timeshare is going to be, but that about wraps it up for our rankings again chucks for thanks for uh chiming with us giving us your thoughts yeah absolutely thank you for having me on real quick chris says i have a question for josh you're on the clock 101 who do you take um i i see it's the same thing as last week because i feel like somebody asked me the same question is because I had Allen at one and I had Mahomes at two. And they said, they're like, somebody asked me if you're had the first pick, who are you taking? I'm going to take Mahomes just because I'm, I, I'm a trend follower. Easy. Just like if I have one Oh one, unfortunately I'm going to take CMC. I would never hear the end of it. If I let CMC fall behind me because I took Kamara. Yeah. Stick with your gut there, bud. I mean, if you I'm got Kamara over him, as far as the list. if you got Kamara over him, then you take him. You go get okay your guy. With, I'm okay with taking CMC and then eating my words when CMC gets injured again and Kamara takes number one. I'm okay with that. Well, regardless, that about wraps it up for us. Yes. Josh, get us on out of here. Yes. Uh, real quick, Chucks, thank you for making an appearance on the show tonight. I really appreciate your above average stats you have <laughs> my mind is just all over the place because of just where you are pulling things from i will say that but thank you i appreciate it thank you so much no problem <laughs> but as always before we return to our regularly scheduled average rose fantasy show on august 10th at 8 30 p.m kevin i might as well ask you because i know you guys have been off the radar for a little bit. I have no idea if we're having another show tomorrow. Uh, stay tuned. You heard it from that man first. So if they are going live, it will most likely be brought up in the Discord or on Twitter or wherever Kevin and Brian like to go to. Uh, and you can catch them at uh, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as well. And also make sure you guys check out Brad, Josh, and Eric this weekend at midnight uh, Eastern Standard Time on August 7th. And if you guys are unable to watch us live, you guys can catch us on Anchor, Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, anywhere you can find us for your listening pleasures. Again, thank you guys for watching the Average Bros Fantasy Show sponsored by Football Darts and Fantasy Sports Alliance. If you like the show, please like, share, and subscribe to the show and follow us on all of our social media outlets. And as always, before we head out, I want to thank all of our sponsors, QB54, Monkey Knife Fight, Nature Coast Tailgating, goodness, Cranky Veteran Candle Company, Shell and Mel's Boutique, Finger Lakes Mercantile, Southern Sirens, Sugar Scrub, Redwood Durables, and of course, The Recast, who are the official music of F. S A. Uh, <laughs> real quick, Brett says you take CMC because you can trade for Kamara plus more 
And Brett as well says, thanks for the input, Chuck. Thank you. Thank you for listening. <laughs> uh, Jonathan says, Kevin and Josh, DM me later. We no. will. I, okay, I guess we won't. Uh, either <laughs> Chuck's or Kevin, do you guys have any final words for everyone? Nope, that's it from myself. Everybody except for Damien, have a great night. Don't Eat even do rocks. it. Don't even do it. <laughs> All right, Kevin, Chucks, everybody else watching at home, anybody who watches uh, after this show is done live and all that nonsense, everybody have a great evening and stay average. <laughs>